Welcome to Terminal Talk, the mainframe and mainframe-related things podcast. We are coming to you live, pre-recorded, from <laughs> IBM Systems Technical University in Washington, D.C. And it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Halfway through the week. I have reminded myself that of at least uh, at least five times today. It's it's a, it's a long slog. Uh, it is. There's a lot of stuff. You've had a lot of presentations so far this week. How are they going, Frank? They're going great so far. I I haven't been thrown out yet, so I think that's nice. Uh, I want to mark. Yeah. Um, I, I just recently started putting together some slides for one that I have later on today. You know, and I was going through my slides and saying, how am I going to do this? You know, it's not until the second or third day of the conference you start to say, you know, how, okay, I, now I understand the audience, what they might want to hear. And uh, I start adding some stuff, and I realize that there's there screenshots of a mobile app, and, like, the date and time is literally on it. So I'm going to be like, yeah, this is, uh, you can literally see that this was, I was connected to the Hilton Wi-Fi, and it was, you know, 10.30 a.m. So, well, it's good, though. You know, it shows yeah. that you're just in time. Keeping it fresh. Uh, I, I think that uh, we've finally gotten... The way to do tech you and what did Glenn tell us this morning? Uh, he said something about shirts, uh, and then he said something about us never, never being coming back. back. Yeah. He said we, he hopes we enjoy our last tech. You. That's the way he said it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we should get on with our guest at some point. Yeah, we should. So we have with us Steve Cook, who is an expert in GDPS. Well, hello, Frank. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? It's good. Yeah. So, can you start with a very simple question? What's What's GDPS? GDPS is not just an acronym, right? So, oh, it, used, it used to stand for Geographically Dispersed Parallel Sysplex, but now it's just GDPS. That's all. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, so, it is uh, adds high availability and disaster recovery to your already highly available mainframe. So, we add distance between sites, and we'll get into that, but. You know, we can have two sites, three sites, four sites, maybe more. And that's not um, just for uh, reliability in case one site happens to go down. It it adds a little bit of flexibility from what I've heard from our friends down in that mom-and-pop shop. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if, if they need to do some maintenance at one site, they can drain the resources from one place and go to the other. Exactly. And all that's uh, either script-driven or uh, via automation. So you can, uh, you know, push a button, you can bring down your development or test workload at the remote site and uh, bring down your production uh, activities and workload and then bring them back up automatically through scripting. So That, yeah. that sounds magic. <laughs> it is. It's auto magic. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it's great for, uh, as you said, some planned outages, uh, which, you know, oh, I'm going to do an upgrade or, uh, you know, I've got to do something with storage. And so you can bring things down and move them uh, either at the, the server side and move that workload over or the uh, storage side. Maybe you've got to do an upgrade there, and so you can move for, uh, and start using storage at the other site. So you, you said that you can script this. So I write everything in JavaScript, and then I'm good to go? Or Yeah. No, uh, we use uh, Rex scripts. Uh, so it's in Rex. You have to, you have to know Rex. Uh, and then they're actually GDPS scripts. So we have our own process handler, uh, our own scripting you know, terms and parameters that you would write to. And these are things that you've added to racks or are they just things that you call from racks or just things that you call from racks okay so they're gdps functions um yeah how much of that um do i modify as a user or are they all just kind of can things and i just write my 
my logic, as it were, in racks. Right. So it comes with a lot of CAN technology, uh, a lot of uh, features as far as uh, shutting down the replication, right, if you're copying your storage from one site to another. So that's all in the box, right? Uh, shutting down workloads and starting them, right? Uh, capacity on demand, right? That, that was a term I got to learn. <laughs> uh, as, I, as I came into this mainframe world, right, OOCOD uh, and, and all of that, uh, well, we talk to that directly through these scripts that just come with GDPS. But then say you have a, a homegrown application uh, or uh, something else that has its own API, well, then you can add to those scripts, to uh, you know, add dependencies. Say, oh, you know, my stuff needs to come up or go down uh, very nicely and graceful way before you start taking my LPARs away. Right. So you can add that. We're flexible. Nice. So, so how does a an emergency migration uh, differ from a planned one? Because I would imagine if I can if I can specify it to my GDPS to my migration, like I know a couple days in advance. I need I, my expectation is that everything can stay up and move and I'm not going to lose anything. Whereas, you know, if, if a data center falls into a sinkhole, I'm going to let a few ones and zeros fall out of the pipe along the way. Right. So wh- how, do, how do those operations differ? So uh, the first thing you talk about is plan, and that's what we've been talking about so far. You know, you've got a, an upgrade coming up in a few weeks or months or days. Uh, and so for that, uh, technically what's happening is you say, all right, we're doing a plan swap, right? We'll swap sites. So a planned outage, uh, that's what we were talking about earlier. Uh, if you're doing some maintenance or something like that, then you would want to uh, tell GDPS, take this down gracefully, right? So we'll tell the workload, come on down. You know, when you've finished your queuing and everything's transactions are done, come on down, right? And then we'll take the LPAR down nicely and, and we'll make sure everything's down and, and the storage, all the transactions are at the tran- uh finish transacting on the I.O. Uh, <laughs> Did and, you just invent that? <laughs> I know. Transacting. <laughs> I.O. Cool. transacts. Exactly. Uh, and so then once that is all done and we're sure everything's down, then we'll bring things up on the remote site. So that's planned. But an unplanned, as you said, sinkhole, earthquake, power <laughs> outage, you know, whatever that is. Jeff uh, Rampage. Broom handle <laughs> shut down. Exactly. Yes. The, the backhoe, right? Cut yeah. the cord. Um, and that's actually happened at a few clients, so that's not just mythical. <laughs> um, in that case, we don't really bring anything down gracefully. We just say, kill it, shut it down as quick as possible. And the point is to come up on good data, crash consistent data at least, on the remote site. And so one thing, unplanned happens a lot faster, yeah. at least a little <laughs> bit faster because bit. we don't care, right? We're not nice at that point. Um, and as you said, missing some ones and some zeros. So that gets into distance. Right, we can uh, talk a little about that. You haven't figured out how to make light, light go faster yet. No, but what are I, you guys doing over there? Yeah. Jeez, come on! No. <laughs> I've read a couple of articles that IBM is trying to speed up light, though. So we're trying, <laughs> giving it our best shot. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it! Don't say Uh-oh. it! Uh oh, we'll get fired. I yep. see a look. Mo- moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, uh, speaking of the missing ones and zeros, so. If you're close, say your sites, uh, your data centers are within 300 kilometers, we can do synchronous replication, okay? And that means when you write an I.O. to your primary storage, um, the server does not say that I.O. is complete until it's in both sites, right? So your I.O. has got to be in both sites before we return back to your server, your mainframe, and say, hey, I.O. is complete. Uh, So if you're close, 
you know, anything that's written to the primary is going to be probably written, or very likely written to the secondary. Right. And we'll we'll know if it's not. Or it'll at least know that it is is not written there. (laughs) Exactly. We'll have a log. Yeah. Right, which you want to have on separate disk, separate (laughs) physical disk, than your data. I wrote down this very important information. Where? (laughs) On the place that went away. Oh, no. Exactly. Yes. Your your log and your data (laughs) must be separated. (laughs) This is best practice. I'll just keep throwing those out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if you're further than that, say you're out of 300 kilometers, which a lot of our clients are, We'll use something called Global Mirror, and that's asynchronous, right? And so the way that works is you send an I.O. to your local storage. It's immediately returned, I.O. complete, woo, server's happy and moves on. Um, And then at some other point, a few seconds later, the storage will then shoot that I.O. across to the remote site. And uh, if there's an outage at that point, right, right, before we start sending across the remote site, you're going to lose some data. But everything that's at the secondary site that's consistent. You can come up on that. And your logs are going to say, hey, we, we thought we wrote something and it's not here. Right? So you'll be able to rebuild that. You'll at least have a, a trace of it. Yes. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, we knew we had something. That's like when you wait, you, you, all of a sudden you're like, I was really mad. or I, I knew I was thinking about something important five minutes ago and now I can't remember. I walked through that door and forgot everything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're, you're talking strictly about the, the storage side of things, right? At this point, when I saw synchronous and asynchronous, yeah, that was it. Okay. Uh, that's what we're replicating from site to site, yes. And from what I, what I understand from a little bit of our previous discussion, you, you came from, or you, you're still very much a, a Linux person. Uh, is, does Linux play into this as well, as, or ZOS, or is it is just at the hardware? Right. So GDPS, it's born on the mainframe, right, you know, 18 years ago. Um, and that's the heart and soul of GDPS is mainframe and Z. But they brought me in eight, nine, I think nine years ago uh, because of my experience. And my experience was not on the mainframe, right? Um, so I, uh, in college, uh, I was going to Washington State. Uh, I, uh, I won a, a DEC Alpha processor, a DEC Alpha <laughs> computer. It just goes back to wow. right? And um, I was probably the only college student to have a DEC Alpha under my desk, right? Well, I thought, you know what? I want to do something other than Windows on here, other than uh, VMS. So let's run uh, Linux. I've heard about Linux. And so I go online and I find this. And online back then is a little different right. than <laughs> yeah. it is today, right? It was, you didn't it was, just Google. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, that would have been handy. Uh, but I looked up this guy named Linus Torvalds, right, who was developing Linux at the time. And so I called him up and uh, where he was back then and uh, – he said, hey, we need a video driver. You know, can you do that? And we're also doing some kernel work. So I started working with Linux on um, Linux uh, way back in 94. So, um, oh, yeah, 93, 94. So I was doing that through college. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, um, when I was finished with college, went to this great job fair and was hired by, uh, to work at Microsoft. So there I was working on Windows clustering. Uh, Wolfpack is what we used to call it yeah. right before it was Microsoft Cluster Server. <laughs> yeah, based on a great book, I think by an IBMer, right, that, that wrote uh, something about Wolfpack. I don't, know. Mm-hmm. don't remember the book. <laughs> uh, but I know it came from IBM. Um, and so from there I was Microsoft Clustering, and then from there kind of moved into uh, IBM because of my Windows Clustering. So Linux, back to my roots. That was my roots. <laughs> Well, GDPS uh, said, you know what, we're great on the mainframe, but our customers, they don't just run on the mainframe, right? 
our customers have you know uh, clients, branch offices that might be running Windows or Linux or whatever else, and so we want to protect them as well, right? We want to bring those things down gracefully when we can and start them up at our remote sites. And so they said, you know, let's bring in Steve. He's got some Linux and Windows knowledge. Um, and so we uh, made this product uh, called GDPS DCM, Distributed Cluster Manager. And that gives us the ability from your green screen, your 3270, to see Windows servers and see Linux servers and Unix servers and start them and stop them, right? Um, so that's where I started in GDPS. Well, since then, I've kind of moved in more to the XDR product, which is where GDPS uh, can manage Linux that runs on Z. So things have moved, yeah. since, changed since I started. Now Linux is running on Z. It's running on, on phones. It's running everywhere. Um, so now we can uh, run Linux on the Z platform, uh, sometimes on top of the hypervisor, ZVM. So I'll throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> well, we need to stop that and start that. That's the basics. But some of the cool things we can do is now we can hyperswap Linux on Z. This is a great thing. And, you know, hyperswap is, is where you have multiple storage and while your workload remains at one site on one mainframe, we can just swap the the storage out from underneath it. Uh, and you know, Linux doesn't even know. It's a great, beautiful thing. So this is <laughs> while the application is running. Yes, while the application is running, your storage is gone. You've switched to new storage, and you don't even know it. It's a beautiful thing. Hyperswap. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but obviously, for that to work, the environments have to be pretty in sync with one another. So. In sync, yeah. Let's see. Let's talk about that. 98 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> whatever whatever, like whatever yeah, group exactly. you're into. Yeah. Whatever group you want to listen to. Uh, yeah. So there are dependencies, obviously, <laughs> right? Um, and, and some customers say, you know, my entire enterprise is run on this storage, right? They're very dependent and very critical on all those layers. Yes, right? At that point, they are. And we swap them all together, right? In the same millisecond, boom, we stop. Uh, you know, or will redirect their storage IOs, uh, hyperswap the whole stack. Um, we can also have Linux have its own storage, right? So it doesn't have to be uh, so tightly correlated, the Linux and the Z workloads, to where we have to switch them all at the same second. Okay. We can have some separation, which most customers actually do have, uh-huh. right? They're not critically, I don't need all my businesses to run on the same storage. So we can have some separation. But it has to be somewhere in the same ballpark. Yes, it does. It does, yeah. <laughs> Definitely the da- same data center. You know, you want that. Uh, you want some uh, business reason for them to be connected and fail over at the same time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So uh, can you differentiate this from, say, PPRC or? Mm-hmm. So uh, difference between PPRC and or, or just the technology? Yeah. The t- oh, Okay. So PPRC, it's the, the old name for synchronous mirroring. I guess now it's Metro Mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, all kinds of storage has Metro Mirror. Right? Get <laughs> DS8000 does it, Sand Volume Controller. Or not, it's not Sand Volume Controller anymore, right? Is it's, that just SVC now, too? No. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's not even SVC anymore, right? Well, now what do we call it today? Virtualize, right? Uh, Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, the Spectrum Virtualize. Ah, there you go. Yes, that's a new name uh, for SVC. Um, All these other names I have to forget. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's always SVC to me. It, it is always SVC to me, too. Um, uh, so uh, PPRC, back to that. So uh, Metro Mirror, PPRC, synchronous mirroring. So that's the storage technology, right? And you can do PPRC without GDPS. You can do that with, you know, uh, 
distributed systems, fiber channels, CKD disk. Uh, GDPS is really a solution that ties a lot of technology together, right? So we'll talk to your storage um, uh, copy services, right, mm-hmm. which do PPRC or do Global Mirror, which is the asynchronous. Uh, or we could even talk to other storage vendors' uh, disk, right? We can talk to uh, EMC and HDS uh, disk as well. It doesn't have to be IBM. So why would I need something like PPRC if I got GDPS? Because you'll talk to anybody and you'll handle all that for me, right? Well, you still need a storage replication, right? You you need that technology below the covers there. Um, so GDPS, as I said, is a conglomeration of a whole bunch of technologies. The storage, as you said, uh, PPRC and, and Global Mirror, those are two. Uh, and we can talk to either one of those. We can talk to any of those vendors that I mentioned. But then there's also on top of that, there's you know system automation, there's NetView, um, uh, SAMP sometimes. So we talk to a lot of different pieces and parts to make this all work. And uh, if you have GDPS, you need a storage technology replicate. Now, uh, say you don't want to use storage replication technology. Say you want to use uh, System Z's uh, system data movers, right? ZOS's system data movers. So we can d- do that as well. And that's a GDPS product called XRC. And so that is where uh, you'll write to your storage, whatever, whatever your favorite vendor is. Uh, and then at some point later in time, uh, not too long away, uh, a system data mover at the remote site, running on the mainframe at the remote site, will see that, oh, there's an I.O. down there. And it will copy that up uh, and then write it to its secondary storage. So you don't need uh, PPRC or Gold Mirror. You can use uh, XRC. But basically, it's you guys sit on top of all that stuff, and you're like the the orchestrator that keeps everything working. Exactly. We're we're the orchestrator. We're the uh, traffic cop. You want to call that? <laughs> um, yeah. So, but above us, we can do all this automatically, right? Fail things over automatically. But also, uh, some customers. Um, don't want to let go of the steering wheel, right? <laughs> They're like, I don't want that much automation. I'm, ha- I'm glad it's there. And so we will pop up messages uh, to the system operator says, hey, we got a problem. You want to do something about it? You want to ignore it? You want to retry? What do you want to do? Uh, and so some customers really want that event to be popped up so that they can make that manual decision to fail things over or not. Hmm. Because, you know, and talking about failing over and warning people, you know, the companies that run on mainframes are, they're not running a, a Doom server. They're running, you know, <laughs> uh, to, to use a line from Chad the other yep. day, um, which I'm going to reference constantly from now on. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're running banks, insurance agencies, you know, clearing houses, you know, very important stuff. Is there, is it especially uh, stressful and give you lots of pressure knowing that, if anything goes wrong, it is quite literally the worst thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> yeah, that that was – I did have that feeling when I came into the business, <laughs> uh, to the mainframe business. Uh, and part of that was, uh, you know, they gave the statistic, you know, of every dollar that goes through the financial system. It's like, what, 86 cents or something like that goes on through the mainframe. Right, right. That's a lot of money to have running on your hardware and your software a lot of responsibility Uh, i've been to customers uh and i do um sometimes i do uh post disaster reviews Uh, (laughs) i bet that's fun (laughs) oh my gosh yeah and uh one time i I flew into a country uh and uh 
I had my bag. It has IBM on the back. The taxi driver sees my bag and he says, oh, you're here for Bank XYZ. And I'm like – Oh, no. I'm like, <laughs> well, that can't be good. I'm like uh, – and I was. Uh, but I'm like, I, I don't know. Who, who is this? Why do you ask? He says, oh, they had an outage Friday at 4.30 p.m. <laughs> You know, we're and, all waiting to get paid because the <laughs> yeah, and it was down for three days. Oof. No, no uh, ATMs for three days uh, that were connected to this very large bank. And so every night on the news, they had um, you know, Bank XYZ update. This is what IBM found today. So <laughs> extremely high pressure thing. Wow. And I'd walk on the sidewalk. You know, if anybody saw my badge, they're like, wanted to ask me, "What are you things, doing? Yeah. How are things going? Wh- how Why come are you you're working right now? <laughs> how come you're on the sidewalk? Get back to work." So it is a lot of responsibility, and uh, but it's not as bad as I was out of college. I was interviewing for a company, a medical company, and they made the EKG machines and some other things. And they said, you know, when you hired here, you have to sign a piece of paper that says if your software kills somebody, you are personally reliable. Wow. Uh, and I thought, no, I'm I'm good. I'll find another job. Yep. <laughs> life or death. I can handle money responsibilities, but life or death, I, I won't push that off. So it's not Man. that bad. <laughs> But hospitals are our clients as well. Um, usually, though, it's uh, you know medical imaging and things like that. We're not monitoring. Yeah, we're uh, not responsible for their life and death. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> there's a, an interesting thing I've kind of picked up on just from the the way you've been describing things is talking about uh, IO as a singular unit of work as a noun. And it's 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 something interesting. Is is that something you kind of had to? Because you said, oh, I see all the IOs down there. Um, is that something different in, in the mainframe world as opposed to the distributed world where I think of it more as just like a channel or a pipe? Oh, so you think as a mainframe guy, you think of channels and pipes. Cause I think about things being like distributed or not, you know, dispatched down to like the IO sub channel. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that was like a, a different way of. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I see from, from the distributed world, that's where I'm coming from. Right. So I see IO, right. And, and I did a lot of kernel work and application work and I say, right. And then it comes back or it doesn't, right? So that, that's kind of the point of view you're looking at, <laughs> yeah. you're hearing. Uh, but, yes, uh, you do send things through pipes and down channels and down I.O. ports, and it goes through cards and all of this stuff. So, uh, you know, I had to learn that as I came over, uh, all the different uh, adapters and, and cues on the adapters and where did, where did the I.O. get stuck, right? Did it get stuck in, in the, uh, the right queue? Did it get stuck on a, a card? They get stuck on the path. They get stuck on, you know, the routers and everything else between here. Or, uh, you know, uh, when we had to send it 3,000 miles, mm-hmm. right? Where, where in the point did this I.O.? So there's a lot that goes into I.O., and I just say it's I.O., right? But yeah, that's my <laughs> point of view. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's – right. So it sounds like your purview is very wide, right? There's a lot of different things that you're kind of juggling as you, you're doing this. So – Another dead body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I was wondering, you know, not just that, yeah, the whole world makes, is going to die if you don't do this, but it's also the complexity of all the different components you're talking to. It seems like that's uh, quite diverse. How much of that is abstracted up um, to, say, the the guy who's writing the Rex code? That, mm. So... We abstract massively, right, to someone who's going to uh, – if you're talking about the, the user scripts. Right. All right. So a G- GDPS customer, um, if they're writing a script 
uh, a GDPS script. So they know their application. So <laughs> they're going to write to to their application and say, hey, start. this is the start parameters and this is the stop parameters. And if I need to do a failover, which is very involved, this is graceful shuts down, right. this is monitoring, making sure paths are good, making sure the remote site is good, all that, they type failover and they give it a target site, right? Failover site one, failover site two, right? And GDPS translates that into all the monitoring and all the checking and all the complexities. And so all they need to know is two words and, and we handle all the rest. So we abstract a lot. And the sysop or whoever's doing the Rex programming for their script, they do not need to know any of that. They just need to know where things are. Where should their app be? Which site should it be? And they get to name the sites. So, hey, it's even clearer. Cool. Fun names. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen some fun names, yeah. Uh, people like sci-fi movies, apparently, in the IT business. No. <laughs> I open them. I always yeah. want my machine in the Shire. That's the important thing. I, I always worry when, when you do that level of ab- abstraction, um, how much gets lost uh, and, and I don't mean to say data gets lost, but it seems like if you abstract that much, there's an awful lot that people don't understand about what's happening. And if one of those things goes wrong, uh, how do you recover? So that is a great point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so our guiding principle is, you know, KISS. Keep it simple, right? Uh, you can fill in the last S. But um, – <laughs> That's what we want to do for our users, okay? We want it to be simple for them. Now, simple for them doesn't mean just give them a, a keyword failover and, and life's good. It also means keep it simple for them to recover, keep it simple for them to know what happened. And so we do. We capture the SDF alerts, right? We uh, capture logs. We will uh, display for them what just happened. Right. If they said failure to a site that doesn't exist, for instance, um, then we will pop up messages for them. And then we have these great user guides. I know people usually don't look at them, but we do have them. And it really explains all these different messages. So we understand people want things simple. But as you said, when things don't go well, they want to know. Right? They don't want a black box all the time. Right. And we're not a black box, though we do sell a black box. <laughs> I have a presentation later on the GDBS virtual appliance, which is a black box for people who just want things to work, right? Uh, but for the most of our customers, they do want to know what's happening. Uh, and so, you know. Well, so they can tell the papers and, you know. Oh, geez. Hopefully not. That wasn't my customer, by the way. So. <laughs> it was Steve's idea. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I just... told him not to do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Tough crowd, tough crowd today. <laughs> so we're, we're getting kind of close to the end of the the, you know, the interview here. I hope, hope you're having fun. Oh, yeah, so much. Um, how, how's your week going? Uh, have you seen any uh, sessions that have really been memorable or you know, do you want to learn more about? Well, I came with a point of learning more about ZVM, right, the Z hypervisor. Uh-huh. Uh, one, because my Linux background, and that's kind of where my products, my future products going. Uh, and those have been really good. They've been really in-depth in the, the speakers. Um, there's been three speakers there that have speak on, spoken on that technology, and they're really knowledgeable. You uh-huh. know? um, but that's the thing about this week is it's really full. I've been to tech use, which are three days long. This is five days long, and it is packed full. You know, uh, I'm having to look at the sessions and go, ooh, which of the three 
interest groups do I get to choose this hour? <laughs> so it's been really good. And you're doing a bunch of sessions too here, right? I am. I'm doing five sessions on GDPS. Uh, and it's because we have such a broad family now. We're not just GDPS. We're PPRC. We're Global Mirror. We do three site. Uh, we have this virtual appliance, which I'm talking about tomorrow, which is a little black box for those uh, folks out there who want to run on Z platform with Linux, but they don't know anything about Z. Right. Virtual appliance, the way to go for that. And then I'm also, the last session is about Active Active, which is really, we think, kind of the future uh, of GDPS. Uh, and that's where you can run workloads at multiple sites and fail over really quickly uh, within minutes. Across and that, that was going to be my last question. Where, where's, what's the future? Where are things going? And hmm. and you already said it, so you ruined my last question. There. No, well, I can add to that. Right? <laughs> I can add to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So people are going to have want to have active workloads at multiple sites, failover very quickly, regardless of distance, and also uh, sensors. That's something that we're looking at. Um, as far as what do we monitor today, we monitor everything in that stack I've talked about, all the IO and. Yeah, the noun I.O. <laughs> uh, and the workloads and all that. But now we're, re- we're looking to reach out. Should we be monitoring, you know, the temperature in the data center and trigger for that? Should we be connected to weather.com, which I guess IBM's connected to as well? Mm-hmm. And look, oh, look, a hurricane's coming our way. Let's do a planned failover. What do you know? And so we're looking at things like that. So how can we reach out and monitor things that maybe might be outside your uh, historical data center? Yeah, Jeff's going to be visiting. We should really make sure we yeah hide, hide, hide the breakables. There you go. Uh-oh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is awesome, Steve. I appreciate you coming and, and, and taking time out of, you know, your tech you schedule um, to be with us. I'm sorry we made you miss whatever session you were going to go to right now. No, no. This is more fun. So thanks for having <laughs> me. I really appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to another uh, joyous episode of Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. If you want to reach out to us, contact at TerminalTalk.net uh, or on the Twitter sphere at TerminalTalk. And we're always following the mainframe subreddit slash r slash mainframe. Old man Charlie, play us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at TerminalTalk.net. That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence signing off.